Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassener, a.k.a. the Red Shirt King. Welcome to another very special edition of the Guest Alliance Unicorn Challenge podcast. Today, we are going to look at the SKT versus Origin semifinal series that starts on Saturday. It's going to be a heck of a series, and I can't think of anyone I'd rather have break it down from both the analysis and a gambling perspective than my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Oh, I, I bet there are other people you'd rather talk about it with. Monty could probably be, you know, way more hilarious than I am and pumping up SKT fans. We all know Thorin is, you know, a great discusser. I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, the, the next the next tier. I'm like the second tier of, you know, co-hosts here. Eh, I, I think that you're selling yourself just a tad short, but it is one of those things where uh, given the way Summoning Insight went last night, I think I'm happy with my co-host options. I think it is a... Uh, it has cemented itself well. Um, and now we get to talk about another the team that has kind of cemented themselves well so far this tournament. SKT has just looked so good, especially in the early game. What is it you're noticing about this team, even compared to what we saw in the LCK, that has made them such a dominant force so far through this tournament? The teams they're playing in are not as good as some of the competition that they have in the LCK. I think that's the, the, the easiest... Uh, claim to make the Bangkok Titans are not you know they were 16th at Worlds they're probably not the 16 best you know 16th best team in the world H2K again they put up a pretty good fight but still it wasn't it wasn't tremendous uh, I think it comes down to uh, the ascension of Marin is not just you know a second banana to to Faker in in his own right he has become a superstar and are you know arguably one of the best top laners in the world if not just one of the best players in the world Marin has just been a monster this tournament and it's one of those things where even when matched up against Ziv in AHQ and Ziv had a great tournament a great series in that matchup it just wasn't enough Marin just proved that he can do it on multiple different champions he's such a a uh, good adapter to everything that's going on in the meta right now. And given how Someday played last week, I'm in the camp that says that Marin might be the best top laner in the world at this point. Though, it is easy to say these kinds of things when you're playing alongside Faker, someone who is widely acknowledged to be the best player in the world, and for good reason, because, oh my god, Faker is incredible. But we're not seeing Faker this series. We're seeing Izu in this series. That is the official announcement, and we're late enough into this whole thing that we can assume it will, in fact, be Easy Hoon starting tomorrow. Walter, how does that affect the way that SKT plans to attack Origin? Uh, I actually think it's it's semi-intelligent. Um, ar arguably, when you have the best player in the world, you don't want to bench him. But when you have someone as good as Easy Hoon able to come off the bench and, and replace him, it's great, it's wonderful, and Easy Hoon is going to make a lot of money on KT next year. <laughs> uh, that being said, I think the change was... That Faker isn't as comfortable on on the tele, you know, running the te the second teleport and running these very control style mages. Granted, he's a great player; he knows how to play everything. I don't want to take anything away from him and say, you know, that he is not going to, he wouldn't be able to beat Peke and Lane, or he wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't win the series with him. But Easy Hoon sort of picks away at Peke's champion pool. They don't have to throw as many bands at his champion pool. Now they can, you know, throw one or two and then take a third or take, a, you know, a, a second pick away from him. Easy Hoon is much better at playing that passive 
you know, let's just farm, let's just rotate, let's just control objectives. And it puts a lot more weight on on Bang and Marin's shoulders to carry. It also takes some of the weight off of Bengi, allowing him to go to those other lanes and get them them rolling because Peke is not this monster in the mid lane that could go toe to toe with Faker in terms of farming or in terms of laning phase. Same thing with Easy Hoon. They're more worried about Niels potentially getting an advantage over Bang. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? If you look at Niels, he has been such a good hyperscaling AD carry throughout this entire tournament. When he gets the Callista or he gets even his Jinx, uh, his Sivir's actually been the most impressive in the early game. That's the only champion in which he's averaging 2.5 kills plus assists at 15 minutes. Everything else is less than one. So don't be surprised if you see uh, him pull out the Sivir there. But basically all of his champions have been these late scaling champions that really get to take advantage of getting to the late game and getting a lot of those big damage items. The problem is that SKT really hasn't allowed teams to get to that point. Bang might not be the same macro or micro level player that Niels is at this point, but he also hasn't had to be because teams have to put so much pressure on Marin and Faker usually uh, to keep you know, those guys off their game and from just snowballing on their own that Bang can kind of play the Sturstana, play super safe, and feel very comfortable doing whatever it is he wants to do in lane. If your origin... Can you afford to send Amazing into the bot lane to try to throw Bang off of some of that safer laning that he's been used to at the expense of not giving Soaz or uh, Xpeke the help that they need in these other matchups? See, I, I think that actually works into Orion's favor. Bang is ha Bang has not been great in laning phase. And some of that might come down to SKT not playing the European split push, you know, Tower, uh, tower push as effectively as other teams. Neil, after 10 games, has an 8.3 CS differential at 10. He's up by 147 gold. Uh, Bang has a minus 1.2 CS differential, but he's up by 439 gold. That gold uh, that gold differential is probably inflated because of the games against Bangkok Titans and against H2K, and even the games against EDG. Uh, they were able to get ahead very, very quickly. But the CS number is kind of what I look at when you want to talk about lane dominance in, in, in a carry. Um, so that, that to me is a very interesting number because it shows that Niels is a little bit stronger in the, the farming aspect of laning phase. So I'm interested to see how quickly they will, uh, whether this will be a 2v2, you know, standard lane or whether there will be, you know, lane swaps and the, and the split push kind of composition. Well, this is going to be the interesting thing, right? Because Origin by its own nature has been a team that has played much more towards the late game. With the four teams left in this tournament, they have the lowest early game rating. That Oracle's Elixir stat we love to throw at you that calculates uh, based off of you know dragons claimed, towers claimed, kills, all of these other factors, how likely a team is to win based on how they perform at the 15-minute mark. Right. Uh, Origin is the worst of that of teams left in this tournament. Uh, you know who's best at it? SKT. SKT. <laughs> SKT has put themselves in a position to win from their early game strength. 80%. That is an 80 uh, on the EGR, which, as uh, as Tim pointed out when he came on the Less Than Legends uh, side of this podcast earlier this week, is insane. For someone to do that over nine games, regardless of the quality of the opponent, mm -hmm. is almost unheard of. And yeah. that's something that, yes, that's going to be based on Faker to some extent, but he only played seven of those nine games. And the thing that's kind of scary about Easy Hoon is that 
just because he's on the bench, people forget how good he is at zone control mages. It kind of reminds me of how people were writing off Pickaboo because, oh, he didn't get the starting job on SKT, so clearly he's not all that good. And then he went to KT and made him the second best team in Korea, uh, <laughs> and, you know, which, surprise, surprise, it turns out SKT just has a lot of talent that they have to choose from, like the best problem you could have, really. But uh, it's, it's hard for me to imagine how these solo lanes are going to get ahead enough to force SKT off of some of those early game advantages. Is there anything you see as far as picks and bans and, and champion switch-ups that Origin could try that they maybe haven't yet that might do more for their early game? I mean, we're going to see a different jungler. We're not going to see Gragas, uh, which I think can be huge. It depends on how they adapt to to the new playstyle. I, I think Amazing could go on to Lee Sin, and they could take that away from Bengi and try and force Bengi onto Nunu. Uh, but we've seen that Nunu has caused problems at international events in the past when Bengi's on it. Most recently, uh, I'd consider MSI, the, the fifth game against Fnatic, where it just gave him so much objective control. The way to win this game is not going to be through the, the neutral monster objective control. It's not going to be through Dragon. It's not going to necessarily be through Baron. It's going to have to be pulling them around the map and going after towers. If you know SKT is going to go after their second Dragon, you need to get a tower someplace. Mm -hmm. You need to go into that top lane and at least get you know be in the position where you can get an inner tower. I think that's how Orion likes to play, and I think that's how they should play uh you know, this kind of series. You aren't going to beat SKT team fighting 5v5 at, at Dragon or at Baron Pit. So do what you've been doing the rest of the tournament. Throw Soaz, throw XPeke in the top lane, harass them at Dragon just so nobody goes back to stop it and, and make sure you're trading an objective for an objective. Yeah, that's something that you'd really want to do if you're Origin right now. You know, we talked about Cloud9 as an objective training team after the first week of this group stage. Didn't really work out for them in, in week two. But it is one of those things that we have seen success in. If you're able to make that call and be able to capitalize on any of these little holes, you can keep yourself in the game, especially uh, when you're looking at what you're trading these objectives for. Uh, Origin hasn't been great at First Blood or First Tower. 30% on First Blood, 50% on First Tower. But they do have 60% of First Dragon. That's something that they've been able to accomplish at a successful enough rate that it's not unfeasible that they're able to put themselves on those kinds of things. And if they can find a way to hold off the game, that's mm -hmm. going to be awesome. Unfortunately for them, SKT has the second shortest average game time right now at 31.1. Meanwhile, Origin is at significantly at the highest. They're looking at a 42.1. These are just two very different play styles that are going head-to-head. -head. And I'm afraid that the meta has indicated so far that you need to be able to pick up the pace. If you're looking at Soaz as someone who has, as a general rule throughout his history, been a strong laner, very capable of taking care of himself, is there some way you can use, you know, whatever amazing defaults on, whether that be the Evelyn, which we've seen at this tournament, or the Lee Sin, which we knew he brought out in Season 4, but hasn't really been a big factor so far this year? Uh, is there any way that they can try to turn that around on Marin? and use holding him off as a way to extend this game late. This this would have to be the best series of Soaz's life. I I I, I know everyone could be like, oh that's really shot you know shoddy analysis, but Soaz has shown pretty much every single range of his 
play during this tournament, we have that absolutely terrible Kennen game that was against LGD, I think, where he went 0-9. Or was that KT? KT, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just absolutely, like, terrible, terrible game. We've seen him be a bully. We've seen him backdoor. This needs to be three games where Soaz is playing lights out. He's at the top of his game. He's the best player on the Rift. That includes, you know, two of the top five players in the world, potentially. Uh, and I think if at any point that uh, SKT is scared they're going to lose this series, like if they go into game four, if they go into a game four, Faker comes out. Yeah. No, I, I, I would say Faker is going to come out if this goes to a game four. I, I think that's undoubtedly true. You know, they want to give, it seems like they want to give Easy Hoon a shot because A, I think he matches a lot of what XPK does. You know, XPK much more of a safe, you know, farm up. There's a reason his Anivia has been so big of a priority for them this tournament and you can sometimes take advantage of over aggressive mid laners when you have someone that can just farm from back so safely because it doesn't really give someone like faker an opening to get in now you have easy who's very happy doing the exact same thing that's not going to be where origin gets an advantage it will be uh you know in that top lane if they can pull it off and if they do manage to take one a Origin should be ecstatic because a team that was literally in the Challenger series back in the spring, going you know taking a game off of this SKT team would mm-hmm. be an incredible accomplishment uh, and one that they and their fan base would have to be incredible. Let, let's about. be let's be honest. I, I'm a little I'm a little sick of this. Oh, they were back in the Challenger series and spring narrative. C- come on, guys. Like if they could have been in the LCS, they would have absolutely been in the LCS. But they paid their due. That was not a Challenger level team. That was a professional LCS team that happened to have to play a split in the LC- in the Challenger series. Like let let's kind of let's kind of tone down that narrative because it's it's not a very good narrative. It's very slanted. I mean, it is one of those things though. They did lose some games. Like if you look, they did not go undefeated in the Challenger scene. They had, I believe, they lost to. Uh, I, well, now I got to look this up. They had a loss to Lowland uh, Lions White. Uh, which yeah. is a team that you would not imagine would be giving them a lot of trouble. But they did have some slip-ups every now and then. They did not win all of their Challenger games, clearly. A and, lot and of those ev- games were close. And every team in the European of LC- LCS would lose a game or two to Challenger teams. I, I, if you put, eight, other than maybe Fnatic, if you put H2K in the Challenger series, they'd, win, they'd lose one or two games. If you put Gambit, if you put Rocket, if you put any other team in Europe or NA into their Challenger series, they're not going to go undefeated. I mean, that, that's just kind of the point that I'm coming from. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see that to some extent. I just, my only point would be that I don't think Origin at all points throughout that Challenger series looked at all like the team that we're seeing now. I think the Challenger series experience was huge towards getting Niels to be the player he is right now, getting Amazing to have the synergy he does with the rest of the team and figuring out how best to use him. You know, the way that they were kind of experimenting with what role Xpeke needed to play in this team, how much of a force he needed to be and how much he could hold back and let the other players take over. I think these are things that they definitely learned in the Challenger series. And while they are certainly better than an average Challenger team just from the sheer level of experience they had, it is something that I think they learned a lot from. And they are certainly a far better team than they were back then, a far better team than they were even at the beginning of this split. And Hermit in particular, if they take a game, it's going to be because Hermit and the rest of this team were able to come up with some crazy strategy that SKT did not see coming and were able to outsmart Coma, who's known as one of the best 
uh, coaches of all time in League of Legends. So it's certainly a lot of things that you'd have to be proud of, regardless of whether the narrative is a bit overstated or not. It, do you think at the end of the day, Walter, there is a condition in which the you know Origin is able to take a game off of SKT without any of that kind of sandbagging, blind-picking Cassidy that we saw in Game 3 against AHQ that almost cost them there? Oh, oh yeah, I, I think they do. I think this is a four-game series. Oh. I actually think Orion wins a game because I think there is a chance that Orion does something interesting and different and unique. Yeah. I think they're going to catch SKT off guard at some point. Um, even if it's even if it's game three where they're just, you know, we don't want to be out yet. You know, we don't want to go home. We want to win. And, 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 you know, Soaz and Peke just will them to some crazy comeback like they did back in, what was it, season three regionals against SK? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think that's very possible. Um, do I see them winning a five-game series? No. Do I see them winning two games? It would have to take some crazy sandbagging on SKT's part. But I think one game is definitely doable. You know, it's one of those things where it's it's a matter of how much you believe in SOAS. And my one concern about that whole strategy is if they're going to win a game, it has to be game one. Because if Soaz gets tilted from game one, it's over. And there's a good chance that SKT, after seeing the kind of games that Soaz has when he falls from behind early, just do the, you know, the Camp Dyrus strat that has become so popular. Just force Soaz into a position where he's uncomfortable the entire game and just let that take care but of the rest. The, the strange thing with that, though, is there are times where, like, Soaz could have a terrible, terrible game one, and SKT may think that's a viable strategy, and all of a sudden in game two, something flips in Soaz's head, and he's ha- he's playing the best game of his life. And all of a sudden you give a double kill up to him, you know, in the first five minutes of the game, and now your entire strategy is screwed. Like, that's the weirdest thing about Orion, and the weirdest thing about Soaz, is that his peaks and his valleys can change in the middle of a game. He could be playing amazingly in the first 15 minutes in a game, and then all of a sudden go, go full old, you know, dumb mode, and just, you know, shut off his brain for half an hour, and then make one good move at the end of the game that wins it. Like, that's just Soaz as a player. He's not, mis- he's not, that, he's not consistent by any means. So, I, I think you can get caught into a trap if you think that you're just going to exploit Soaz. It is one of those things where it'll be interesting to see how Origin adapts. Obviously, Origin is a team that has a lot of capability to to innovate, to throw things off of their game, to force teams into less than their ideal situations. We saw that with Flash Wolves, how they were able to force Flash Wolves into a lot of fights that Flash Wolves just honestly didn't want to take. Unfortunately... I'm not sure if it's going to be enough in this particular matchup just because SKT is, is equally smart, if not smarter, and have proven time and time again to be able to adapt to these kinds of things and provide different strategies to win. And one of the things that scares me most is I still don't think we've seen half of what SKT has in the bag if they ever were to drop a game and needed something to just close the series out. Mid lane Tom Kench. No, 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 that's Faker. Easy Hoon, I, we haven't heard any Easy Hoon Tom Kench rumors. I, I, bet, I bet Easy Hoon plays mid lane Tom Kench. I, I'd love to see it. I, <laughs> I would be very, very happy. Um, speaking of happy, uh, we get to talk about these, this Unicorn Challenge. I've made up a little bit of the gap last time around, as we discussed in episode 15. 
you have 871.67 unicorns left because KT was a cruel mistress and you hit the wrong button on the over-under on the four and a half games. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, I still lost uh, a bit yes, uh, last week, but less than you did. I'm at 678.49. You have a 193.18 lead uh, in this unicorn challenge of ours. When it's a 7-7 tie in the Guest Alliance Challenge. Both of these are pretty close. And this next pick is going to be huge in that. So taking everything we've learned, everything we just talked about, yes. where do you put the line for this series? I put it at minus 520 for SKT. Okay, I get this one. I get the point for this week. Ugh. It is SK. I said SKT minus 800. It is SKT minus 1,111. Hooray for no value. Once again. Wow. It's, I mean, it's not unfair, honestly. It's hard for Can me I, to... I, I, might, I might put five on Orion just because. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do that, it's plus 650. So, you know, the good thing about Unicorn, right, is I can just click right now as we're talking and see what that would do. Yeah, five would get you 3750 if it worked out. I mean, it won't, but, you know, it's all good. <laughs> well, it's, it's worth it. It's potentially worth it. Well, that's the thing, right? Even if you paint the scenario in which Origin wins one game, it's very hard to see Origin winning three games. This is just an SKT team that has proven too many different ways to win the early game against a team that hasn't shown any way of winning the mm -hmm. early game. And that's usually not a very good matchup in a meta that can go by so quickly. But we've got some prop bets we need to talk about. SKT, if you think they're going to win map one, that is minus 385. Origin on map one, which is the map that I think they could win if they're going to win any map, even though they're on red side. I think they might have some weird strategy going forward there. That is plus 285. It's tempting. Mm. Not, it's not an overwhelming map, but it is tempting. Uh, minus 476 on under four and a half maps played. If you think this is a five-game series, that is plus 340. Which, as you said, it would be a lot for Origin to win two games. But if you're a big Origin fan, you're a big fan of EU, it is there for you. Now, now this is where it gets interesting. What do you think are the odds for Origin winning at least one game? So a plus two and a half handicap. I am going to say plus 175. It is minus 111. Interesting. So if so, you still get value on that. By the way, that is the same odds if you think SKT gets a 3-0. It's minus 111 for both of those. Hmm. Um, if you think SKT wins 3-1 or better, it is minus 400, which is a little bit of value. Not a lot, but a bit, and it gives you that one game of leeway if you think that Origin can take one of these in a best of five. And if you think Origin is able to get two wins, so a plus one and a half handicap there, it is plus 300. So really the value at the end of the day is, do you think Origin wins a game? Because if you do, you take Origin at plus two and a half. That minus 111 is pretty good odds. You're getting nearly even odds on that. You, that, you, you take that to the bank. If you think SKT 3 zeroes this, then you get those same odds, and you just back the fact that Easy Hoon and the rest of SKT are really, really good at League of Legends. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a tough call. Just right now, obviously, you get a bit of time to think about this, because we don't make our bets until 
the morning before the game. But where are you leaning right now in, in the, that direction? Uh, I, I'd say Orient wins one game. I'd be the Orient plus two and a half. Okay. Well, that basically... That's where, that's where I'm leaning. But I, I just... As good as SKT is, I think they lose one game here. It, it, I don't think that they're, they're absolute world beaters. It's funny, you know, that we said last week that, you know, going into the quarterfinals, that we thought Origin was the one team that could really take a game off of SKT. And after watching that Flash Wolf series, I was less convinced of that. But at the same time, it does feel like that Flash Wolf series was perfectly designed to counter the way that Flash Wolves likes to play the game. Flash Wolves is a late game team. They, they could not win in the early game. They never really found a lot of early game aggression and the inconsistency in that mode. So maybe yeah. Origin just never felt a need to show any of that off. Maybe they it's, do it's have possible. some strat. Um, the Gragas hurts. That's something that I think definitely hurts in some regard. But I think the most shocking part of all of this, uh, those plus 650 odds for Origin, 47% of the, of the gamblers right now are going that way. Which, I don't know if that's EU favoritism, or if people are seeing something in this whole Easy Hoon versus x Peke thing that worries them. It, it's probably just because there's such great odds on, on Orion. Like, those are amazing odds. And on the off chance that it's Europe, it's x Peke, and so as, something very funky can happen. You know, I, I think it's worth throwing, you know, if I'm just a casual better and I'm not part of this, you know, contest against you, I think it's worth throwing five or ten unicorns on, on Orion, just in case. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could still you could still bet on SKT to three zero or or you know whatever you you know you don't have to to keep betting on Orion, but <laughs> I would say you know it's probably worth throwing five you know ten to five or ten unicorns at it. It's, What's the worst that can happen? You lose five of them, like whatever. Yeah, that's true. It's a good hedge. It's a very good hedge. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to look and see if I even want a hedge at this point. I'm so far <laughs> behind. I think the hedging is like the worst thing I can do, but we'll see. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting regardless. But uh, it's time for us to close this out. Walter, do you want to make the big announcement or should I? Oh, oh, I, I want to. It's my birthday. Yeah. I want to do this. That's yeah, let's... By the way, happy so... birthday. Sorry for not bringing that up earlier. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we've been doing this since the spring split now, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we have been, you know, having a lot of fun doing this, and we've partnered up with Unicorn over the course of Worlds here to do the Unicorn Challenge, and we, you know, tip our hat to them and thank them greatly. Uh, by now, if you followed the the podcast Less Than Legends on Podomatic, you've uh, listened to a little uh, speech by uh, Chase telling everyone that we're moving everything over officially onto SoundCloud, and what this means is that we are now on iTunes, baby. We're there. We have now entered the conglomerate that is known as Apple. We made it, boys. It is at, uh, if you search on iTunes right now for the eSports Gambling Hour, that is the new name of our collection of podcasts that we do on this site. Um, you can now get all of our stuff. Uh, the Unicorn stuff is going to be marked with the Unicorn logo to show you that that's you know, the deal that we've made with them, and it's all about the gambling lines, everything you've come to love from this particular podcast. Anything with the red shirt logo right now, which is just a stock image until we're able to get the new logo for the, for the podcast, is any of our other content. And by the way, when we say other content, 
we're not just being limited by League of Legends. When this World Championship is done, Walter and I are going to be looking very hard at all the stuff that's going on at BlizzCon. That's Heroes of the Storm. That's Hearthstone. I, I care about StarCraft a bit, and I think the Smite Regionals come up pretty soon after that. Right, Walter? Yes, Smite Regionals, uh, I think, are the week after uh, after BlizzCon. And I, I mean, I like I actually enjoy StarCraft too. I was very happy when a, a Zerg won last year using a strategy that I use. Yeah. The uh, the build a <laughs> the build a base right outside of their natural <laughs> and just spawn all your units there and trap them. I was so happy to see a Zerg win. It uh, it was pretty incredible. I I love watching uh, all these series and, and just kind of figuring it out. I always grew up on the uh, on the RTS strategy, so seeing that work out was was very fun. And it's it's interesting, right? We have we have life. Did that last one? I don't even think he's at the World Championships this year. I have to double check. I, I have that, no but, idea. But Buell is the guy. If you're if you're in on Zerg, this is such a big tangent. But if you're in on Zerg, Buell has gotten second place in each of the last three tournaments. Okay, life is there. Life is uh, life is the four seed. So not as good as he was last year. But it's going to be a really fun tournament. There are tons of really fun tournaments, and we've decided we want to talk about all of it with you guys. And so if you go to iTunes right now, you can subscribe and make sure that you get all of our content. If you want to get it a little bit faster because you're not the type that likes to wait for iTunes to get its whole thing around, you can go to soundcloud.com slash esportsgamblinghour and find us that way as well. And by the way, for all of you people, you lovely loyal listeners that have been asking us over and over, how can we help? How can we get this going? Now that we're on iTunes, uh, a five-star review, uh, subscribing to the podcast, these are huge because the way iTunes algorithms go, this is how they notice whether a podcast is worth putting on the main page or not. And you guys are the biggest thing that can help us with that. Uh, you, your, your fandom has meant the world to us. We are working on upgrading all of our equipment and getting better at the quality for some of these things. So hopefully there won't be as much hissing sound and all these other little nuisances you've had to put up with so far. Um, and we just want to thank you for, for being the audience that you've been and connecting with us on social media and everything else. And hopefully you guys enjoy everything that's coming because we have a lot of really, really fun things coming your way. And, and Walter, I guess we should end by saying, where, where can they find you on social media? <laughs> you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And I am at Red Shirt King. Both of us will be live tweeting during the games tomorrow. We'll also be online pretty much... Uh, pretty late tonight, I'm sure, for at least for me. So if you guys have any questions about where we're going, what we're up to, and, and what we have plans for this, I, we'd love to talk about it. Thanks in advance for, for everything, guys. And until next time, goodbye, Internet.